and welcome to the Tapestry Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. Tapestry is the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. Joining me once again is Ryan North, the Executive Director of Tapestry. How are you, Ryan? I'm fine. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing well. Uh, last time on our podcast, we were talking about uh, connection and the importance of that. And we started delving into some of the ways that we can connect with our children while we're correcting them. And we wanted to look at that a little further. One of the ways we can do this is balancing nurture and structure. Ryan, could you tell us a little bit more about that balance? Sure. There are a couple of things that are really important about it. Number one, um, and we always tell parents this, it means that you as an individual person need to be in balance. We can't do it by being in balance as a couple. So uh, mom can't be nurture, dad can't be structure. Dad can't be nurture, mom can't be structure. They have to be both nurture and structure as people because... Um, if we do the whole you're the good cop, bad cop thing, um, that has potential for creating uh, bad relationships with one of the parents. So um, balance of nurture and structure. So for most of us, um, for me at least, I would say that um, I tend towards being high structure, low nurture. Uh, I think a lot of dads would. Yeah, a lot of dads would. And um, some, some of the moms we know uh, tend to be that way uh, as well. But I would say that would be the primary um, characteristic of, of the dad would be structure first, nurture second. Um, but what, what we know is that um, our kids need both nurture and structure. And so um, one of the ways that I remember this is, uh, and do this, sort of this out, but works itself out practically in my life, is that um, no represents structure, yes represents nurture. Um, because um, what we know is that no is usually when we're about to do something that contravenes a rule in our house or about or we're engaging in something that's not safe or appropriate, then we say no, and that turns it back to the, to the structure in the home, the rules, right? There's um, there's something that, at least that's how we, what we tell ourselves, and I'll, and I'll get back into the sort of how the easiest person to lie to is yourself, and that certainly is true in parenting. Um, nurture, on the other hand, is saying yes. It's embracing what your children want from you and what they need from you, so... Um, you, sometimes you have to say no. This isn't just about being a permissive parent, but this is about being somebody that understands that their children need both nurture and structure, right? Our children need um, to be told, hey, it's not okay to do that, but they also need to be hugged and told, hey, I love you. And so um, we need to not wander towards either extreme, and that's why we talk about, about balance. Um, I think one of the ways we lie to ourselves as parents, and so... Um, I remember the first time Kelly and I taught the Empire to Connect course, and so the balance of nurture and structure is week one. Week nine, we ask the parents, hey, have you changed during your time with us, and how have you changed? And um, usually, um, usually, um, always, actually, come to think, I can't think of anybody that has said, no, I've never changed. changed. Yeah, um, But, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, in, in week one, moms are more vocal and dads are kind of um, kind of checking out, seeing, seeing if this is real and has value in their lives. Um, generally, we'll say, hey, why are you guys in, in, in this training? You know, introduce yourselves, tell us who you are, tell us about your families, tell us why you're here. And the wives are always the one that do all Yeah, the, the wives are gushing and stuff. And we, hey, what about you, sir? My wife said we had to come. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, was that you guys? It was not us. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so... Uh, but when we get to week nine, I find that those dads 
who weren't real interactive in weeks one, two, and three are very vocal. And this guy raised his hand. He said, I'll tell you how it changed me. He said, it made me realize that I'm a lazy parent. And I said, well, can you expand on that a little <laughs> bit? And he said, yeah, I realized that I say no a lot of my children, not because it's for their benefit and for their training and for their good, but because I'm lazy. Mm. Because it's going to require me to stop watching Sports Center, get off the couch, and engage my child. And so how I have changed is I now do stop watching Sports Center, get off the couch, and engage my child. And it's helped me understand that I only say no because I don't want to do that other than that which I'm doing now. In that vein, the the thing that jumped out to me in that class was you can say yes to a lot of easy stuff. Yes. That doesn't require a lot of effort on your part as a parent. Yes. Unless you allow those things to bother you. That's true. And so part of being able to say yes to your children more is getting over your own stuff. Yes, because a lot of times we process like, well, my parents didn't allow me to do that. I'm not allowing my children to do it. Mm. Now, we have to be careful because I think sometimes um, the lazy parenting can work with the yeses as well. Yes, it could. Can I play the Xbox? Yes. Yes. Can I watch TV? Yes. <laughs> can I watch on my iPad? Yes. Um, my parents did something um, that my children think are wonderful, but my wife and I are not convinced, and that is that my dad called me and said, hey, can we buy all your, the four oldest kids uh, Kindles for Christmas? I'm like, yes, I'm sure you'll be very popular with them if you do that. <laughs> and so they did. And so now they just want screen time all the time. And it's easy because if you don't want to engage your kids, then you just say yes to the screens in whatever form that manifests itself. But uh, we're talking about yes in terms of uh, connection, right? So um, we have a yes jar at our house. And um, one of these weeks, when we have my wife on here, we can specifically talk about about that. But here, here's here's the high level overview of that. Our children need to say yes because it does um, it does help with that connection, right? When when they say here the word yes, they yes I am with you, yes I am for you. Now whether that question was may I have a banana or not, they process that in such a in such a way, right? And so we have this yes jar. And so in the yes jar, we have um, healthy snacks like Z-bars and Lar-bars and little tongue depressors that have the word fruit or vegetable written on them, some goofy little fidget type things that you might get as party favors at a, at one of your kid's friend's party. And so um, we don't have very many rules around the yes jar. Um, one of them is if we're plating dinner, we're not going to say yes because you're about to get food. Mm. But outside, and the other rule is that you can't have the same thing consecutively. Mm. And so, um, like you can't like get a sucker and then go back and get another sucker. But um, our kids, you know, a lot of a lot of our kids have food issues, and so that's why most of the stuff in there is food related. And if they say, "Can I get something from the yes jar?" Yes, it's just that simple. Mm. And the amazing thing about the yes jar hence the name hence the, the yes name jar. but here's the amazing thing about the yes jar uh, the first day we did it it was empty by noon so that's another rule Kelly folds it in the, in the night before and when it's done for the day it's done for the day mm. so the kids kind of have, had to learn how to pace themselves but guess what this is one of the things that parents are afraid of if I keep saying yes to my child they're going to want more mm. and yes while that will be true for a time it's not going to be true for all time because it's not that they go, oh, I can just get what I want. I can just get what I want. I can just get what I want. What they hear is mom and dad say yes to me. Mom and dad say yes to me. And so day one, it was empty by lunch. Day two, 
it was empty by lunch. Day three, it almost made it to dinner time. By week two, it made it to dinner time. Now, the yes jar is half full by the time the kids go to bed because they have now accepted that if I ask for this tiny thing, I will get a yes, right? It's like Jesus says, who amongst you, when your child asks you for a loaf of bread, will give them a rock, right? I mean, Jesus explains this principle pretty simply in the Bible in that when, when your child comes to you as a parent, you've got to give them what's good for them. And what's good for my children is hearing the word yes. And so um, that's one of the other tools that we talk about in week two is embracing the privilege of saying yes. Now, people don't really case yes as a privilege a lot of times, but I can guarantee you that uh, discussing, saying the word yes to a child is from a hard place is a privilege for you because you are saying something wonderful to them. So do you guys embrace the balance of nurture and structure at your house? I'm going to reverse the questioning here just a little bit. We're, we're trying to... I've always been more of the structure person in yeah. our house, and Kelly has always been more of the nurture person. And so, yeah, we're, we're each trying to strike more of a balance for, for both of us. Like you mentioned earlier, both parents need to be on that on the same page in that regard. And part of that has been saying yes more. And like like I mentioned a few moments ago, it's there are some things it's pretty easy to say yes to that – mean a lot of things to your mean the world to your kids uh like yeah. we discussed on a prior episode uh daddy can you come play lightsaber battles with us well yeah yeah that's an easy yes because a it's fun yes for me as well as for them and they're going to remember that yes daddy playing lightsabers with us in the backyard more than if i had said no to something else yeah, because these so, do build in, in endearing memories for our right. children. And it's okay to say yes. Uh, one of the things we've learned, too, going through this process, it's okay to say yes with limits as well. Uh, Daddy, can I have some screen time? Yes, for 20 minutes. Yes. And I will set a timer, and when the timer goes off, and when you, we found when you set these expectations ahead of time, then dealing with the end of you know screen time and that kind of thing, is a lot easier than if yeah. you just left it very open-ended. Oh, five more minutes, you know. And then, of course, that can lead to asking for compromises, which is something we will discuss in a further <laughs> episode, uh, which our kids learned last summer and have used to great effect. But, uh, yeah, uh, finding that balance has made a big difference for us. Yeah. Yes, no doubt. Interesting you talked about that I was easy to say yes to the lightsaber battle because it's just fun. Um, one of the things we talk about is um, taking play seriously. And so, um, you know, doing those things together with, with our families. Like, my dad's not a ball sport guy, so I don't have any memories of throwing the ball around in the yard with him or kicking the ball around or whatever. That just wasn't his thing. But what he was into uh, is auto racing, uh, particularly Formula One. And the reason he was into Formula One is in the 1960s. Um, his dad took him to Formula One uh, when he was out in South Africa. Mm. And so there's this long history. Uh, my grandfather, I found out not too many years ago, used to be a test driver for Ford. Mm. Uh, that was his job. And I'm like, okay, this explains a lot of the, 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 the car that runs in this family. And so, um, But I, I have these memories of watching uh, Formula One with my dad. As a result, uh, I like Formula One. As a result, my son and I, Watch, watch Formula, Formula One, One together, even if we have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Um, when well, they do these things called DVRs, Ryan. You can no, Chris, I, I'm a live sporting event kind of guy. I do not enjoy watching sport. I want to know that it's happening while I'm watching it. So, And that's an odd twist that we can speak about another day <laughs> um, when we get to understanding your own history. But 
um, you know, as a result, now my sons watch Formula One on the couch with me, like the one from Australia that starts at one thirty a.m. Mm. Tyler will go to bed and say, hey, I need you to wake me up for that. And I'll wake him up and he'll come down and we'll watch the, the, the auto racing from Australia starting at one thirty a.m. So um, we go to the IndyCar when it comes here to DFW every year with my dad. So those are the lasting memories from just sitting next to him and watching mm-hmm. car racing when I was six years old. Um, but this concept of taking play seriously uh, was hard for me because I don't play well. I, uh, I'm competitive, so I strategize or I coach. And so um, if, if my son and I are throwing a baseball, so my son, used to, uh, he, he plays soccer and he tried baseball a couple of seasons. So while he was doing that, he was, he was playing catch. And so um, I've never played baseball, but I used to play cricket. And so the throwing mechanics from from the field, not when you're pitching or bowling, but just as a fielder, are the same. And so we're working on throwing, and um, the moment I instructed him on his throwing, we weren't playing anymore. Mm. He was being coached. And I think that's hard for a lot of dads to just to just play with their children. It's easier for me to play with my daughters because uh, I kick the ball around with them. Broken say, hey, you want to kick the soccer? Yes, because she doesn't play soccer. Mm. She doesn't want to play soccer. She just wants to kick the ball. She just wants to kick the ball around with dad. But when Tyler says, kick the ball around with dad, I'm like, no, my kid plays. This is a coaching opportunity. Mm. And I ruin it for him because he just wants to play with his dad. And so um, that's one of the things that, that us dads have to take hyper seriously is this concept of just playing with the kids. Kayla gets down on the floor with the, the little ones and plays with them. And I'm like, Oh, that's just such a far way down to the floor. I, just, I can't do that. <laughs> well, those of you who've never met Ryan in person, he is quite tall. Six foot five. <laughs> so um, when you say stuff like, hey, we have lightsaber battles in the yard, that is awesome. You need to have them in the front yard so I can drive by in video. <laughs> and yes, there are injuries with the lightsaber battles, of including course. to Dad, but it's all part of... They're powerful weapons. Yeah, it's all part of <laughs> of the play. That's right, and your kids will remember having fun with Dad, mm. right? Here's the great thing about it. You've yelled at your children. Undoubtedly. I've yelled at my children. But you know what my children are going to remember? They're not going to remember me yelling at them. They're going to remember that time you had that lightsaber battle with them. Mm. Because the memories of the difficult things, something that's like yelling, right? It's it, it's not kind, but in the context of a lot what a lot of our kids have experienced, it doesn't crack the top ten. So that's where when you have these like lightsaber battles, it's just so such a great memory for them and for us. They feel more connected because they remember that time that daddy was Darth Vader in the backyard. Um, so anyhow, play is really, really important. Um, very, very important for our kids. And it builds great connection because it is just a perfect example of just being together with our kiddos. I found too that... Uh Adoptive and foster kids are from a hard place, and play might not have been something that they had a lot of access to before they became part of our families. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point, depending on, on our kids' story, and sometimes we don't know a lot about that. We know a lot of people, you know, are aware of sort of some of the horror stories and some of the orphanages where the kids just left in their cribs and not interacted with. And I remember uh, Dr. Purvis saying the first time she went to like an Eastern European orphanage, I think it was Dr. Purvis said this, um, she was just really stunned by the silence because the kids stopped crying because they know their needs aren't going to be met. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, play, you know, that's why we have play therapy. We have 
Theraplay. We have, um, you know, we're with a group right now, um, UNT. That we've done this before. We're doing it again, and we're going to do it a second time here um, consecutively. And that's called filial play therapy. It's where you're coached as a parent on how to do play therapy at home with your child. Hmm. And it's child-led, so you only respond to what they want. Um, and, this is, you know, you make a little play kit. And remember, we did that and uh, with our two oldest maybe four years ago now, and they still talk about it. Hmm. When we moved, we found the special playtime. It's called it special playtime. We found the special playtime box because they crave that connection, right? Hmm. When you look at the, um, the the creation account, every day says, and the Lord saw what he had made, and he saw that it was good. Except when he creates Adam. And the Lord saw that it was not good for man to be alone. To be alone. And so you, we were made out of relationship. Let us make man in our image. We were made out of relationship and we were made for relationship. And so that is something that's coded into into your into your being to, to seek relationship. And so one of the ways that we, particularly who are parenting kids from hard places, can engage that is this concept of play. There is something about having fun that builds connection, right? That's why one of the the thing they always the standby trick they always tell you if you do any public speaking is uh, if you don't can't you know open with a joke, right? Or at some point we don't open with a joke very much anymore, but at some point the speaker will say something funny because he's trying to reacquire your attention because of all the brain chemicals, all the happy juices are released when you're laughing, right? Right. That's why the laughter is the best medicine because it does make you feel good. But here's the thing about that. If somebody, the person who makes you laugh, it's a force of nature, right? You want to be around people who make you feel good. And if people can make you laugh, that's why funny people always have friends. Right, and not like people who are mean and pick on other people to make other people laugh, but people who are genuinely engaging and entertaining will always have friends because people want to be around them because people feel good when they're around them, and that's why play is such an important thing in relationship building and essential to connection because it is us having a good time, and that makes not just our kids want to be connected to us, but it makes us better connected to our children. So that kind of wraps up the initial principles we wanted to talk about with connecting with our children. I would like to thank Ryan for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Chris, for having us. Uh, Again, if you have a question for us that you can fit into 140 characters, you may tweet it to us at tapestryibc and put in the hashtag podcast. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You may also find us on Facebook at Tapestry IBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. You can also subscribe from our website, tapestryministry.org. We will try to provide links in our show notes to all of these areas. Thank you for listening.